Thank you for tuning in to the Emerge Church Tallahassee podcast. We exist to help people follow Jesus so they can live out God's plans for their lives. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the message from Sunday. Everybody's doing good today? Look at your neighbor, tell him I'm glad you came today. Look at your other neighbor, say I'm glad you sat by me. Glad you sat by me. We're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 3 today. Today, so far, it's been a great day for me. I'll tell you a little story here in a minute. And you may have a different thought about it, but... Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 8. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. That afternoon service. And as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. And each day he was put beside the temple gate. The one called the beautiful gate so he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. This wasn't the preacher doing the offering. This was somebody sitting outside that needed some help. Verse 4, Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. This is what he said. We're broke. Can anybody relate? Okay. I love it. But I'll give you what I have. That is such a key phrase in this story. But I'll give you what I have. And there's a lot of people that think they have nothing to give. And that becomes the indicator of whether or not they're givers. But they said, I don't have what you think you need, but I do have something to give. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. How many of y'all think Peter and John were feeling a little bold that day? (laughs) Well, their quiet time with the Lord must have been really good that morning. You know what I'm saying? Like some mornings it's good. Then other mornings it's like, let's go. Come at me, see what's going to happen. That's probably what was happening here. They probably wasn't reading the book of Leviticus. (laughs) Feeling like it was a Psalms, you know, like one one of those hot verses. Yeah, yeah. So he makes the bold statement, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And if we stopped right there, it's like, let's go, Peter and John. This is amazing, the boldness, but it doesn't end there. Verse 7, then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went to church with them. I changed it a little bit just so that you could feel it. Give you a little significance here. They were doing what Jesus had done. This is early in the book of Acts. Jesus has ascended into heaven, and he told them, greater things are you going to do because I'm going to the Father. And here's Peter and John. They're just trying to get over a prayer meeting they just had. And they're going to another one. And on their way to the other one, they encounter this. And there's a miracle that occurs. I want to use this today to preach a message. Give me your hand. Father, today, in this place, we need you more than ever. So I ask you to move, to work, to speak. Use me to be a voice, to say what you want to say. Thank you. This is going to build us. In Jesus' name, amen. Been celebrating 12 years all month as a church. 
Hey, let's go. And for the first time in 12 years, in fact, in all my life, I had an occurrence this morning that set the tone of my day. Uh, I was up really early, and uh, as I was getting ready for church, I opened the shower and was about to step in. And as I was about to step in, there was a reptile on the floor in the shower. Don't worry, it wasn't a snake. It wasn't a frog. And those of you who know me, maybe been to e-group with me before, you kind of know how I roll with this stuff. I'd rather deal with a lizard, I mean, with a, with a gator. I'd rather deal with a snake. But there was a lizard in my shower. And we ain't unclean people, just sometimes we leave the door open, okay? I have to confess, I don't mess with lizards. I know I'm a Louisiana boy. I will grab the snake and get rid of it before I grab the lizard. Don't know why. Leave me alone. You got your problems too. Cynthia is sleeping, and I had to figure out what I'm going to do here. Wyatt Tharp wasn't at my house like he was that one time at E-Group to get the frog off the door because I wasn't doing it. I had to figure out what I was going to do. No, I didn't do that. I don't know if I could tell this part, babe. I know, people love lizards. Anyway, I had to uh, get rid of the lizard. Let's just say he gone. If you want details in person, I'll tell you. I just don't feel comfortable telling you up here. Anyway, never had that happen in all the years that I had to get ready to start church. Never had that happen. Never had a lot of things happen, actually, in in all the years of doing this. But I had a lot of good things that happened through 12 years. A lot of good people, man, that have been a part of this journey. And I I could say this, Cynthia and I, just we're blessed to have the opportunity to serve as your pastors. Seriously, like blessed. Some of y'all a little bit much, but we're blessed. (laughs) Blessed. Amen? Bless you. God bless you. That's how they do that. Um just think about all the people that have helped our church become what it was, what it is today. Um, whether it's serving on the dream team or, or giving in the offering or helping with a special event or a special service, it, it takes people to make this happen, y'all. I don't know if y'all realize that. And there's just so many people to say thank you. So I, I'll say it. Thank you for everyone who had whatever part it was in this thing. Even if you parked in that spot that was further away so that that other person could get a closer spot, and even if you parked in the spot almost at the door, God bless you too. (laughs) Um, Boy, it's pretty obvious too that we needed help to do this, to be honest. Um, And we needed help to get here, and and watch this. We're going to need help to get where we're going. Honestly, we're going to need help. And here's what I know, so will you. You need help too. So let's, let's enter a little agreement. Let's just help each other out. Amen? Because we all need some help to go where we're trying to go. We're going to need some help. One of the things, I'll say this, man, we, we need to go to two services. Not just so you can have a convenient service time, but there's no more room in kids. It's packed. And some of y'all are like, well, just do it. You ever scheduled for kids in a month? Like to serve? It is crazy. And we need help in order to go to two services so that we can accommodate more people and more kids and more lives being changed. I'll say it. We need some help. Look at your neighbor and say, I think they need some help. Look at your other neighbor and say, I think you should help them. (laughs) I'm going to drop a big one on you right here. Let me drop something you need to write down. You need to write this down. This is huge. This is really huge. This is no joking, okay? (laughs) We can't get where God wants us to go without some help. You won't do it on your own, man. You won't. Like parenting those kids, you can't do it on your own. You may have all the answers, but just because you've got all the answers doesn't mean that you can do it all by yourself. Like that's, that's the deceiving part is you can have all of the answers, all of the information. You can have it all. You ever researched something that you were trying to do and had all the information, didn't try to do it, and it didn't work? Like some of y'all tried that with that recipe. 
you watch the YouTube video and you try to pull it out and you're like, it didn't look like what it looked like on the video. And everybody's like, mm, that was good. <laughs> so what I want to do today is just recap the why behind the what that we do. Why are we here? Why do we do this? Why do we come to church? Why are we part of this thing? And some of you are like, oh, here we go. It's going to be like a church commercial. No, no, man, this is us. This is who we are. If you just see this as a commercial, man, you're missing it, okay? Um, why are we here? Here's why. Because we're following Jesus. Amen. That's why we're here. Not because we didn't have nothing else to do today, but because we are following Jesus. Can I hear a shout from a Jesus follower in this place today? And for some of us, it's not as cool as it used to be. It used to be the most awesome thing in our lives, but you, it becomes kind of the same after a while. And one thing I know about us is we don't like the same until we want more of the same. Like, like, like consistency is very valuable. It's very valuable. And so when we talk about following Jesus, man, this is, this is like the whole mission that Jesus was on was to get us to follow him. And so if you're following him, you're on mission with who God wants you to be and where he wants you to go. But not only are we following Jesus, we want to live out the plans of God for our life. Amen. It's not just I'm following Jesus and Jesus, you make all my dreams come true. It's Jesus, I'm following you. What you want to do? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to be? How do you want me to be? And so we are Jesus followers who have a mission. We're on a mission to follow him. And how many of you know there's a lot of distractions that come along the way? There's a lot of opportunities that like to show up at the moment that you decided to commit. Am I right? Just as soon as you said, okay, let's do it. That friend calls, hey, we're doing this. Oh, I just told them. I just said to the Lord, I'm going to do this. And now that comes up. Yeah. We're Jesus followers. That's who we are. Yeah. And it's not just about us. That's where we like to bring it. But it's not just about us because we're on a mission as Jesus followers to get others to follow Jesus as well. Like, I want you to bring this home with you. I want you to think about the people in your own household. If they do not follow Jesus with their life, no matter what you do or how much success you achieve, there's going to be something that was missing. There's a part of you that will forever be dissatisfied with anything great that comes into your life because the deep down desire that you have is that your family would know God and would follow Jesus. In fact, I would say this to you today. The most important thing in your life, above anything, beyond anything, involving anything, the most important thing in our lives is following Jesus. It is the utmost, most important thing that you will ever decide to do to follow Jesus. And with that decision to follow him comes responsibility. There's benefits, but there's also responsibilities to it. Not only are we following Jesus, we're also living out God's plans. Have you consulted with the Lord lately about what he wants to do with your life? Seriously. Or... Are we trying to win the Lord over to what we want to do? Get him to put the stamp of approval. Get him to put the blessing. Get him to put the favor. And God may be trying to rearrange that in your life because he's trying to grow you, build you, make you into who he wants you to be. And so he may cause a delay sometimes. By the way, next Sunday, you got to be here because I almost preached the message today. But I said, let's do it next week because I got so much I want to say about this. If, you, uh, if you've gone through some disappointment in your life, do not miss next Sunday. Do not miss it, okay? Just advertisement for next week. It's going to be good. Don't miss it. If you've got plans, rearrange, okay? We're living out God's plans for our lives. This is what it means to be a disciple, to be a follower of Jesus it means, God, what do you want 
that I will do. What's your plan? That I will follow. So watch this. We're not just doing our thing. We're not just doing our thing for him. We're doing his thing in our life. Do you, can you grab that? God, what's your thing? I want to do that with my life. I remember when we were trying to figure out what we were going to name the church. Y'all, I want you to know, like starting a church, it sounds like it's so easy. It does. Like we had that thought one day, a long time ago. Because the thought is, man, if you start a church, then you can do whatever you want. You can go wherever you want to go. Come on, let me just pop that little bubble. Remember like when you were a kid and you thought, when I'm an adult, I'll do whatever I want. I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to go wherever I want. I'm going to buy what I want. Then you start to realize, wait a minute, I'm tired. I'm broke. <laughs> like we can go down the list. And you start to realize you can't just do what you want. But it's the reality of if you're going to start a church, you got to do what God wants. Because it's his. It's not yours. Like this isn't Cynthia and my church. This is his church. He just said, hey, I need you to serve as a pastor right now. A little responsibility on the shoulders, by the way. I remember when we were starting to figure out all that we wanted to do and who we wanted to be as a church and trying to figure out a name for the church. Y'all, that is so hard. It's like naming a kid. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is not the easiest because you got your list, she got her list. And you know how the conversation goes? It usually starts, well, I know we're not naming the kid this and we're not naming the kid that. Yeah, yeah. You ever went through that? For like six months. <laughs> and we were wrestling with, with the name of the church. One of the names we almost called it, y'all. I'm going to tell you, we almost called it Church of the Hills. You see why we didn't name it that? There was no response at all. Good thing we didn't name it that. It was almost that, man. It was almost that. And it just didn't work. But there was a word that's always been a part of our language and always a part of our ministry. And it's the word emerge. That has always been there. And so after we come to the conclusion this word has been there for a reason the whole time, we said, I feel like that needs to be the name of the church. And that word emerge, it's a verb. You know what that means? It's an action word. Yeah. So we got to be careful whenever we say I go to emerge that it's not just a noun, person, place, or thing. But we understand that I am going in action. When I say I'm a part of Emerge Church, I'm a part of a movement and not just a meeting. Amen? And if you're just settling for a meeting, it's going to get uncomfortable. And I don't say that from the place of threatening you. I'm just telling you, this is how it is. This is an action, a place of action, amen? It's a people of action. And that word emerge means to arise. It means to come up, to arise as from an inferior or unfortunate state or condition. That's what it means. And so when you read Acts chapter 3, this is what we thought of whenever we named the church Emerge Church. This is, where, this is where it came from. This wasn't, uh, let's go through a thesaurus and find a cool name. You know what I'm saying? By the way, what is up with all the e-churches around here? We were first. Anyway, okay, anyway, back. Okay. Actually, there was another one, but anyway. It's okay. We still going. There you go. This, this scripture verse is a picture of helping someone emerge from a terrible situation, and I'm a rhyme because I'm a preacher, to a place of celebration. That's what this, the picture of this is. It's, it's helping a man arise. It's helping a man emerge from a place where it was just a terrible situation to now he's standing in a place of celebration. I believe that God has called us to stand up. God has called us to lift people up. God has called us to raise people up. Amen? To raise them from sin into righteousness, from death to life, from hurt to healing. Amen. Amen. And this is what I hope. This is what I pray happens 
through our church. And when I say through our church, I'm not just talking about on Sunday morning because some of you, you got a Monday morning ministry. Like this morning, I was getting ready for a Sunday morning ministry and I encountered a lizard in the shower. And you got some crazy things happening in your life too, but you got a Monday morning ministry. Amen? Amen. This is what I hope happens. That even on Monday mornings, through Emerge Church, that people are able to encounter God. Amen? You can still encounter God even when it's crazy. I know, we got the crazy happening in our lives. You can still encounter God. And I will say this, people have heard about God. But I believe people want to encounter the living God. People need more than teaching. It's good, but an experience and an encounter with God takes what you have learned to a whole nother level. Can I get an amen? And that's so right, because that's what we're trying to do, help people to rise up, to emerge. And so an encounter with God will help people to come up. And so like when we do these church services, I want you to learn some things. And we want to teach and preach in a way that you learn some things. But at the end of Sunday service, this is what our hope is, is that you have encountered God in such a way that you're not down where you were anymore, but I'm going somewhere. I see from a different perspective. Amen. Thank you for 10 people who clapped on that. Thank you. The rest of you is like, I like it down here. That's what we're trying to do is help people encounter God and let God change their life. Amen. Because I do. I believe that if people encounter God, they will give their life to him. If they encounter us, they're going to debate it. Because it's only based on our goodness. But if they encounter God, it'll be based on His goodness. I mean, listen, y'all, we're only so good. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, you're only so good. You're only so good. But man, He is good all the time. He is so good. Been so good, gonna keep being good. Amen? Amen? And so we wanna help people encounter God, but we also want people to experience some life change. And this is where it's different because you can get some God in your life and learn about him and grow your knowledge. But if it doesn't transform you into who he wants you to be, we're missing it. And there's a lot of people traditionally that will sit in the seats in this room or whatever building we may meet in. And out of their tradition, they will hear a message and decide, do they agree with it or not? Take notes. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's not. Maybe I'll have a conversation with them. But ultimately, God wants to bring you to the place that your life is changed. And if you don't think your life needs changing, can I tell you, your life needs changing. He wants us to experience life change. And wherever Jesus goes, that's what happens. Read through the New Testament. If Jesus showed up, people changed. It changed people. And listen, people that didn't want to change, you know what they said? Let's kill him. Come on now, that's an Easter message, okay? Put that to the side. Here's what I've learned, that life change happens best in relationships. Your relationship with God is so important. And there's a lot of folks that they'll go with that all day. But when you start talking about the horizontal relationships with people, the horizontal relationship with the body of Christ, that's where a lot of people back off because they say statements like, it's me and Jesus. Well, it ain't just you and Jesus because you got people in your life. And I'll say it like this. You need people. You need Jesus, but you need people, and God knew that. And that's why he put this thing together called the church, because he knew that you and I would need somebody to run the race with us. He knew that we would need a spiritual family. Can somebody say amen? And before you think this spiritual family here at Emerge is perfect, I'm going to pop that bubble and tell you it ain't. And you say, well, why not? Because we're here. You too. Because we're not. The last time I checked, I never saw a perfect family. But I saw some great ones, man. There are some great families out there. And the church is a great 
family. And one of the things that we try to do as a church is, yes, we have this big corporate experience on Sundays, but as we grow larger, we got to find ways to grow smaller. So this past Monday night, we had Fight Club for the men. What a night. What a night. I know this. At my table, I got ministered to. At my table. And I was leading the thing. It was good. These guys were dropping some things. They're like, I'm going to preach that one day. That's good. I needed that. Tomorrow night, sisterhood. What are we doing? We're taking from the corporate and we're breaking it down to make it personal. Because that's where life change really, really happens. We got God encounters. We got life change happening right here. And here's how I know lives are changing. Because God puts people in our lives. No one will grow you like somebody who's different than you in your own house, in your own church. Can somebody say amen? amen. How many of y'all know somebody different? Just wave at me. Uh, look, there you go. You're lifting your hands. You could do that during worship now. Okay. <laughs> Strategy, baby. I'm feeling it today. God uses people to change us. God uses people to grow us. God uses people... To love us. Yeah. You ever prayed, God, I just need to be loved. And so the Lord puts somebody in your life. Not like that. <laughs> Got to give a disclaimer because some of y'all, anyway. Not like that. But someone to love you in a way where you know you're unlovable. God will put people in your life because he loves you. I have found so many times that the way that God wants to move in my life it ain't just this magical feeling. It's through people. Through people. Can I get an amen? Yeah. And, and, and don't you see the strategy of the devil? He always tries to isolate. Get you away from people. Build walls. Let's use the buzzword today. Boundaries. Got to be careful with that because if we're not careful, we will isolate and that you don't grow there. You can't grow in isolation. God wants you to be in the middle of the family. Amen? That's where life change happens. And when we come together, the Bible says it, the, the unity is as precious as the anointing. And that's where the chains are broken. There's something about coming together, y'all. There is. There's something about gathering together, whether it's on Sunday, whether it's at the e-group on Wednesday night, whether it's at Sisterhood or Fight Club or coming to Surge tonight at 530 if you're a middle or a high school student or going to ECM on Wednesday nights if you're a college student. Like life change is happening in those environments. And God, yeah, he wants to say some things to you, but he wants to bring some people to grow you. Can I get an amen? amen? I feel like that's getting a little heavy. I'm supposed to be telling you the good stuff about the church, okay? So we got encountering God. That's what we want for you. We want you to experience life change, but we want you to be empowered to live with purpose because God wants to use you. Can I just say that to you today? God wants to use you. There are people in your sphere, in your life, that you are praying for, that you're waiting for God to bring some kind of angel to appear to them. God's probably not going to bring an angel. He's probably going to send you. Lord, you need to do something with these people at this job that I work at. And the Lord's like, I'm trying. I just need you to be a light. He's like, I feel like being a fire. <laughs> Light them up. <laughs> Low-key lit. <laughs> Here's something that I, I have learned. Jesus didn't just save us to make us feel better. He saved us for a purpose. And when you live on purpose, this is what I found. When you have purpose, you will endure pain. You will endure pressure because you know there's something on the other side of the pain, the pressure, the problem, whatever other P word you want to come with that flows with this alliteration right now. There's something on the other side of it, and so it gives you the drive to keep going. Purpose moves us forward, and ultimately, what is God doing? He's using purpose to help you take the next step, which is going to help somebody else take the next step because God likes to lead by example. 
And what if everything you're going through is God just proving you as an example to somebody who just can't figure it out? What if God is using you to be an example of how to go against the flow of culture that is heading the wrong way? And even though you're all alone, you still make the decision to stand firm in the faith. And you just thought you were left out only to find out later on somebody says, I respect you because I needed an example. I needed a light. I needed someone to look up to. And you weren't even trying to be that person. You were just trying to follow Jesus. And the result of your life, the fruit of your life, served as an example to somebody else. How many of you had a good example in your life that you were able to follow? Amen? And so we, we want people to encounter God, want people to experience life change, want people to be empowered to live with purpose. Now, I said all that so I can get to this part right here. Because now I want to show you. I want to show you what this looks like. Have you ever heard the expression, I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus? You've said that before. You've prayed that. I want to be your hands. I want to be your feet. And Acts 3 starts with the story of a lame man. And it was from birth. And let me, let me use terms that may help you understand that. It's always been that way for him. Can you imagine He's sitting there every day. It's always been like this for me. Because it wasn't just people stopping by saying, here's some money. It was probably people stopping by saying, what's wrong with you? He probably felt judged, even though no one was saying anything. He was immobile. He couldn't move unless he had some help. And hopefully someone, watch this, could give him a lift. Can I say to every parent in here that has brought a kid to church, that's brought a kid to youth group, that's brought a kid so they can go encounter God, and it was out of your way, and you didn't have the gas money to do it, but you did it anyway and prayed that the Lord would multiply the gas that was in your tank. Can I tell you it was worth it? Can I tell you it was worth it? Because sometimes people just need a lift. And that lift isn't just encouragement. It's a ride. Amen? It's a ride. Obviously, this man needed some money because he couldn't work. He was in a financial dilemma. And it was very strategic to place him at the gate, the door of the temple, to put him right outside the door. Every time the people were going in, because the people in the house of God are the people who are like God, who is generous. There was the, 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 the impression, there was the reputation that the people that were in the church were the generous people. Remember that when you go to lunch today, tip your waitress well. Amen. Don't wear the shirt and don't give them a tip. Turn your shirt inside out if you got a problem with them. That's just the heavy preaching for today, okay? Here's what I'm saying. This man always relied on other people for help. And then he encountered Peter and John, and they offered a different kind of help to this man i got to go back to Acts 3, 4 through 7. Peter said, look at us. And the lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. The help that he was used to was what he thought he was going to get. Can I tell you that maybe the help that you think you need isn't actually the help that you think that you need, but because you've been in that condition so long, you become dependent on that type of help. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. They knew they had something. And I want to talk to somebody in here who may not feel like they have anything for somebody else because they are so in need. Can I tell you, you don't even realize what you already have. 
I know we've lived by this, this, this quote that almost feels like scripture, but it's not. You can't give what you don't have. I can't tell you how many times I didn't feel like I had anything to give, but God always supplied. I just had to be willing to give it. And he would supply it over and over. I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. There was something that Peter had that wasn't just going to help this man. It was going to heal this man. It was a whole nother level of help. This is going to heal him. So watch this. He didn't just explain how healing works. He didn't pull out a Bible study and explain the process and the formula and the waiting period and all those different things that we talk through about trying to process and diagnose and understand the healing process of God. What did he do? He literally reached out his hand. He reached out his hand. And this lame man's got to make a decision. Are we shaking hands here? Or are you trying to help me get up? So Peter reaches out his hand to him. And this wasn't just to help him out because he's had a lot of handouts. A lot of handouts. But this was about to be a hand up. Let's realize as a church, we have to help people out but we're called to help people get up. I, I want to say that again. I need that to, to really resonate. We got to help people out. But you have something in you that God has put in you that's going to help people get up. It's in you. You say, Pastor, I don't understand. Like, I'm not a miracle worker. I mean tell you what happened on this day. That man that was sitting at that entrance to that church, he encountered God in a way that was different because Jesus was the one who usually does this type of healing. But Jesus has ascended into heaven and now these were the guys that he put the church in. I got the church in your hands now, Peter. Got the church in your hands now, John. And when you're the leader, you just want to know does it work for me like it worked for them? Come on, anybody in leadership, when you're new to leadership, that's what you want to know. Can't, do I have what it takes like they had what it takes? And Peter and John, they're new at this. But there was something in their life that enabled this man to encounter God. And how many of you know that changed his life that day? That man encountered God. He experienced life change. And he is now empowered for purpose. Because let me tell you what's about to happen. He's about to tell some people what happened to him. And if you keep reading the story, you got Peter and John thrown in jail. Just saying. And it's all because Peter stretched out his hand. Now, Peter, he knows what it's like to be down. Peter actually knows what it's like to be in a situation where he can't get up. He had been in a vulnerable situation and had to cry for help before. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 29 through 31, it says, So Peter got down out of the boat, and he walked on the water, and he came towards Jesus. But then Peter saw that the wind was still blowing strongly, and he became afraid, and he began to go where? Down. He began to go down into the water and he shouted to Jesus, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus put out his hand. Notice Jesus didn't say, storm, stop. Notice he didn't make everything go away, erase all the fear. What did Jesus do? Jesus put out his hand and he took hold of Peter. Watch what he says. He said to Peter, you should trust me more than you do. Why did you not believe that I could 
help you. Peter couldn't get up. He was in a begging position for help. When he looked at this man sitting at the entrance to this temple, he didn't just see the man that had sat there every day. He saw himself. He saw what it was like for him that day that he was sinking down in the water and he thought it was over for him. This is the way it ends. This is the way it goes for me. And he cries out for help. And Jesus, he doesn't help him. He reaches out his hand. Gives him his hand. Somebody say, give me your hand. Give me your hand. Peter knew this man needed a hand, and not just any hand, but he needed the hand of God. And I will say it like this. Peter's hand was the extension of the hand of God that was on his life. And you may not have much, but if the hand of God is on your life, whatever you put your hands to, His hands are on it. Amen? His hands are on it. And one thing I am convinced of in this church, there's been a lot of hands that have helped through the years. And God, thank you so much. But there's been a hand that has been on this church before it was even birthed, before it was ever started. And it was the hand of God that was on this place. And the reason that we are able to stretch out our hand and it has an effect, it has power, it's not because of how good we are, but it's the hand that is on us as a church. His hand is on us, Emerge. His hand is on your life, and you didn't even know it. You didn't know it. His hand. And it's the hand of God that's lifting us. And so when you say, I want to be the hands, and I want to be the feet of Jesus, you got to know this is more than a slogan on a shirt. This is more than just something that you heard at a little discipleship class, that it is the reality of the extension of God, that his hand has touched me and pulled me up from the things that I was down in. And now I reach out my hand to represent him, to reach for him so that his hand can reach somebody who is down. His hand is on you. His hand is on this church. We must stretch out our hand and help people up. I'll show you what I mean. God, I'm thankful for you. I worship you with all my heart, all my soul, and all of my strength. I praise you. And look at the position I'm in. I'm stretching forth my hand towards the hand that is stretching out to me. Just like Simon sinking in the water, the hand of God is reaching out for me. So when I come to church to worship, I'm not just responding to how good the song is. I'm reaching out for the one who is reaching out for me. I can't let my emotions tell me whether or not I'm going to reach. I can't go down. I won't go down. I'm reaching for someone who is higher than me to lift me up, to pick me up, because I'm not going down like this. So I lift my hands. But I understand that there's a part of me that is supposed to praise. But there's a part of me that has purpose. So as I have one hand lifted to the Lord, I got another hand. Wave at me with your other hand. I got another hand, and I take that hand, and I reach out. And so as I'm reaching up with this hand, I'm reaching out with that hand. My hopes is this. Contact. Contact. Because I know that if God will touch their life, they will never be the same. They will never be the same. I'm sorry, but church isn't casual for me. It's not casual for me. It's not optional. 
It's who I am. I don't, I don't try to figure out my, 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 my church life around all that I got going on. I figure out what I got going on around my church life. Come on. I know that steps on some toes, but I'm not going down. I'm not going down. Maybe that messes with your theology a little bit. God's hand is reaching out to you today. God is calling us to be a church with our hands up in worship and in surrender. And God is calling us to be a church that extends our hands and it's going to stretch you. It is going to stretch your calendar. It's going to stretch your mind. It's going to stretch your life. It's going to stretch you. But you're so thankful that someone stretched to reach you. That that long talk that one night that kept them away from their family, you're so thankful they took that extra time because it reached you and it changed your life. This is what it means to be Emerged Church. And I want you to know today, God's hand is on you. God's hand is on your life. And I want you to stand to your feet right now. And if you know, God, I need you. I want you to reach for him like you've been going down. And God, I need you. Come on, we're reaching up today. That's why we came today. We're reaching up. God, I'm reaching to you. I'm worshiping you today in spirit and in truth. I was going down and you said, no, I got a hand for you. God, give me your hand. God, give me your hand. Come on, his hand is on your life. You're watching right now on the live stream and you feel so disconnected. God's hand is on your life. God's hand is on your life. You can't figure out why it's been happening. Why do you always feel this way? Why do you feel like you need to do more? Why do you feel like, because God's hand is on your life. You say, I can't get away from this. Why? Because God's hand is on your life. And we've been living like God's hand isn't there. But today, it's a reminder, the hand of God is on your life. People running from the call of God and trying to act like it doesn't exist. You can't ignore it. Why? Because His hand is on your life. His hand. It's not Pastor Wade. It's not an e-group leader. It's the hand of God. The hand of God. Lord, today we want to be that church that reaches up for you, but we want to be that church that reaches out to them. And Lord, I pray that what we have encountered, what we have experienced, and what we have been empowered with will change the lives of the people around us. I want you to think of specific people right now that you know that need the hand of God to lift them. Come on, you know people. You got family members, you got friends. You got parents, you got kids, you got, you got neighbors, and you know they need the hand of God, and you're praying for them, and keep praying for them. Keep praying. You're reaching up to God on their behalf, but maybe the Lord today is saying, hey, you've been reaching up to me. Now it's time to reach out to them. It's time to reach out to them. Father, thank you that it's been your hand. So many hands of people that have helped, but it's been your, your hand that has caused this church to rise. And Father, I thank you today that every person in this room, everyone here, everyone watching, their eyes are open to see that it's your hand that's on us. I pray for every business owner right now in this house that your hand will be on them. That their businesses that thrive, it's not just because of the work of their hands, but it's the touch of yours. I pray you will cause it to thrive. And I pray that the things that you put in their hand, God, that they will use it to further your reach. 
I pray for every mom and dad in this place today that their hand, their hand that raises sons and daughters will reveal to that son and reveal to that daughter that your hand is on their life. For every leader in this room, that they will understand that it's your hand that enables them to say and to lead and to move people forward, to help them take the step up. So give them the revelation today that it's your hand that is on their life. I pray that we as a church will just have such a drive and such a passion and such a heart that we want to see people raised up, that we want to see people lifted up. We want to see a generation lifted up, raised up in the house of God with your hand on their lives. So Lord, as we go forward as a church, we don't want to go without your hand. In Jesus' name, amen. His hand. When Ella Pearl was little, she used to sit by me and she'd close my hand up. And she'd pull my fingers open one at a time. And then she would close them one at a time. And now I'd hold my hand really tight she would try to open my fingers one at a time. She wanted the hand. And now that she's older, she'll come sit by me and she'll say, Dad, put your hand on my back. And rub my back. I'm giving away all her secrets. You know what I think she wants? She wants to know that the hand of her father is on her. Don't ever forget who you were, who you are, before all them titles and all those other things. Don't ever forget you were created to be God's son. You were created to be God's daughter. And before you get all professional with him, his intent was always to be personal. His hand is on your life. Amen. His hand is on your life. We're so glad that you joined us for this message. If you would like to give to help us continue to reach more people, you can go to our website, merchchurch.com, and click on Give. We hope to see you at church this Sunday.